is there such a thing as growing the business too fast? Uh, I believe that, yeah, there is. In, in my personal opinion, there is. I think that if you don't have the right systems in place, if you don't have the right uh, cash flow, and if you don't have uh, the right people, then you can be setting yourself up um, for failure. So. Hey everyone, what is the number one thing that you wish you knew when starting your business? Leave it in the comments below. Or if you're listening to this on uh, our podcast, head over to YouTube, leave it in the comments. We would love to hear your answer. Hi, I'm John Timmerman. And if you want to have a good laugh, just Google animals with English accents. <laughs> you're welcome. And I'm Rob Shauger, and I'm running for election in 2024. Hoo-ah. Vote for me. You got my vote. And we are the co-founders of the No Bull Conference, No Bull Company, coming to you straight out of Syracuse Studios, Syracuse's newest co-working space, combining creativity, community, and comfort. Check them out at Syracuse.com. Today's show, we're going to talk about the three biggest questions of a solopreneur. So we have a good follower, good friend of ours um, who actually started his business because of this podcast. Believe it or not, no joke, no kidding. Um, his nick name is Nick Pachi. Uh, shout out to Nick. But uh, we asked Nick, he's 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 a tradesman. He's a woodworker, you know, and he is a true solopreneur. I mean, the guy uh, you know, works with his hands, he builds amazing stuff. Um, he's not in like, you know, technology or software mm -hmm. we need a bunch of funding and you need startup capital and things like that to pay for server space so we asked him what are the three biggest questions uh that you have as a solopreneur and uh he gave them to us we're going to talk about it today sure are. but first before we get into the show i just realized we don't have any fucking thing to drink well i'm on the wagon I mean, I got water. I'm Holy, this, I'm on are, a 75 hard wagon. We so. are slack, and I'm so dehydrated from. Why would you do last night? Look, nothing. This weekend? No. I thought maybe you had one or two extra during the Rams game. Oh, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm still <laughs> hydrating after the Rams loss. Uh, uh, no, I just, we've been heads down, as you mentioned yeah. pre show, trying to execute no bulk con um anyways we got some water here so we're gonna cheers to some water with some water uh before we get into that here cheers to life love lots of laughter and trying to close the refrigerator door slowly enough to catch what it looks like when the lights are off. <laughs> i'm sorry i laughed good job that. albert i gotta say that one again cheers to life love lots of laughter and trying to close the refrigerator door slowly enough to catch what it looks like when the lights are off. <laughs> there should be new technology for that shit, right? Can't you just like look on your phone or look on the screen? <laughs> there actually are refrigerators with clear doors. That's right. I close the door. You're letting all the energy. That out. is hilarious. Say, right? Al, you're fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> uh, I never read those before. I never read those actually before I read them. Like, I never pre-read them, so they're hilarious every time because I read them live on the show, and I have no idea For what's the first coming. First time, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. But anyways, let's get right into the sh questions because I know that's what's going to deliver value for everybody out there. So, first question that comes from for shout out to Nick Pachi. What's up, Nick? The working grain. If you need some amazing woodworking done, crazy. Wait till you see the table he's building for us. Sick. It's going to be amazing. Uh, 
but first question that comes from Nick, is there such a thing as growing the business too fast? And what are some tips to control growth without getting overwhelmed? What do you think? You want me to start? You got, you want to go? So I just want to preface everything that we're talking about today because it depends on the kind of business that you're sure in, does. whether it's uh, service related or something technical or whatever it is. So I'm going to be speaking to you from a service related uh, industry because that's that's what I know. So with that being said, um, is there such a thing as growing the business too fast? Uh, I believe that, yeah, there is. In, in my personal opinion, there is. I think that if you don't have the right systems in place, if you don't have the right uh, cash flow, and if you don't have uh, the right people, then you could be setting yourself up um, for failure. So having those three things, uh, systems, cash flow, right people. Yeah. Otherwise, you are going to be in a world of hurt uh, before you get started. And so what do, what do I mean by those things? So here, here's some, some tips um, based on my experience. So one, uh, evaluate where you are daily, weekly, and monthly. And I know that sounds like a lot. It may sound like it's too much, but sometimes, uh, like if you're in a service-related industry, especially if you're not watching your your numbers daily or like so for example you're not reconciling uh let's let's talk about say the commercial cleaning industry if you don't reconcile your your people daily mm -hmm. next thing you know at the end of the week you've got an overtime situation and you didn't catch it until the end of the week well by that time what are you going to do you can't take back the hours from the people yeah now in nick's case with woodworking project nick knows okay uh, it's project-based so he already knows, all right, I'm going to need X amount of material. What he's got to figure out is hopefully is the labor and that there's no mix-ups. Um, cash flow, knowing what you're, you're you know, watching your receivables, watching your payables. So again, depending on where you are in your company's uh, age of being in business, mm -hmm. that if you are a startup company, sometimes it, the cash flow is daily, right? Sometimes weekly. You know that you're watching okay oh crap or you know, you you're literally literally like having to go and uh see what checks came in the mail today or today like you know what credit cards came in or who venmoed you so that you can go and buy materials buy chemicals buy more wood to create the next project in case you don't get a deposit so watching your cash flow communicating um with both your team and your clients doing that on a um on a regular basis. And um, lastly, and I think this probably gets overlooked a lot, if you are married or have a significant other, uh, communicating with uh, with your spouse and making sure that you're both on the same page. To like support that growth? Well, two things. For, uh, what are the expectations of the business and what's going on? What are the time constraints and expectations of the time? So are, how many hours are you going to work? Mm -hmm. And what's the, what's the monetary uh, perspective on that? So, John, you said, you know, you were going to be home for dinner at 6. You know, the kids are here. This is going on. Yeah. You know, Tripp's been crying all afternoon. I, you know, Lindsay needs, uh, you know, she, she needs a break. She, her job, hardest job in the world, being a mom, I think, you know, um, she needs a, a also break the chief heart officer of good monster it's true <laughs> so she's 
full-time mom, full-time CHO. Uh, and then what's what's the money look like? If you are a, a you know an entrepreneur startup company and you quit your job to go start your your business and follow your passion in your heart. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, I thought the money was gonna look like this, and it's not. And if you're not communicating that at home, that's gonna cause problems. And you're gonna take the problems at home and bring them back into the business. And then you're just on a, you're on one of those uh, hamster wheels. Yeah. So my thoughts. So check it out. I grew my company 600% in 2020. One of the most chaotic years our world has ever seen. And I did it by learning from the best business builders this planet has to offer. That's exactly why we put together No Bull 2020 2.0 with speakers like Gary Vaynerchuk, Constance Schwartz, Marini, David Meltzer, Terika Lynn Smith. And we are selling tickets at an 85% discount right now. Click the link below because the price goes up every 15 days. Absolutely great tips, coach. Um, good stuff. Uh, you know, my so to answer the first question, which is like a yes or no question, I think there there's not such a thing as growing the business too fast until unless you're not ready for it. Right. Right. So that really comes down to your personality. So I consider myself a relatively risk adverse person, (laughs) like bring it on, throw fires at me, throw shit at me and I'm going to figure it out and deal with it. You know, that's just like my family. That's my DNA. I'm not saying it's good or I can always handle it in the right way. It's just emotionally and mentally I'm ready for fast growth and I will figure it out along the way. Uh, You mentioned Lindsay, my wife, that is not her strong suit. Like that is not her background is to just, throw shit at her and okay, I'll figure it out. I'll deal with it. You know, she, she balances me out much better, which is let's have a plan. Let's prepare, prepare for this shit. Half my team at good monster is actually all of my team at good monster is way better at this than I am. So you just need to take some emotional and mental inventory in my opinion on whether you think you can handle really fast growth or whether you want to take it slower. Right. We have a client, they like slow growth. You know, they, they're a solid company. Um, they are into investing in growth. They just want to do it calm, cool, collected, calculated. Sure. Uh, and, and then we have another client at Goodmaster, which is much more like me. Like, let's do it. It makes financial sense. Yep, there's a profit. Yep, okay, we'll figure it out along the way. But I think a lot of times it has to do with, you know, what's the cash reserve in a bank, right? Like, if you know you got a buffer... Or your ability to earn cash. Yeah. You know, quickly. depending on your, again, Say, personality. Let's roll the dice and let's let's try it, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was a long-winded answer, too. Uh, I, I don't think there's such a thing as growing too fast. There's just a, such a thing as growing too fast for you, hmm. right? Uh, so take some, some mental and emotional stock. What are some tips to control growth without getting overwhelmed? I mean, you covered a lot of them, Rob. Yep. I think... You know, when you when you look at growing fast, what are the things that could go wrong? One thing, you run out of cash. Mm-hmm. You invest too much in the growth that you don't have the revenue or sales to support it. Like that's one big thing that happens with funded companies. Right. They burn through cash. I was just reading about uh, fab.com. So Google, everyone out there, Google fab.com, founder story. Uh, it was a... Uh, high-end like daily deals type 
site like back in the 2010s or something like okay. that right and uh they got they got 380 million dollars in investment and burned through 300 million of that or more i can't oh, remember shit. exactly in like a year in marketing and infrastructure they tried launching internationally and staying in the us and just uh, you know a lot of things went wrong and they ended up selling the company for like you know less than 70 million dollars wow so you can grow too fast in in that world yeah. if if you're not smart right so some tips to do it is exactly like you said in my opinion check your finances what is it going to cost to have that growth that you want um ask an ask a, a a financial advisor ask somebody ask a cfo go ask for some advice go onto linkedin and you know join startup groups things like that to ask for for advice or listen to podcasts like this um so that's number one is make sure you get your finances Mm -hmm. uh, I completely agree with that. Uh, next is make sure you have the right people in place. Um, in fact, for any service company, these are the two most important things, yeah, in my opinion. For sure. Check your finances. Make sure you can sustain that growth because you're going to need to hire people. You're going to need finances to hire more people. If you're in a services company, that is your asset. And so uh, hiring those people, you're going to need to have some cash reserves on that. I wouldn't go into debt. I wouldn't get a line of credit to be able to hire those people. Uh, a lot, uh, loan or credit to hire people is a bad idea. Mm. If you have cash flow and you want to reserve just in case, that's one thing. But if you're relying on, on debt to be able to hire more people, what happens if you lose an account? Right. Um, a great comment that just came through from Andrew Reynolds is, uh, a contract is only as good as your ability to enforce it. Don't count on an investor until the cash is in the bank. So if you take out debt knowing that, oh, we got this, we signed this big account, it's a million dollars, we'll be able to you know, pay off the debt. We're, we're going to go hire 20 people to be able to support it. But then all of a sudden that account backs out. Right. You're screwed. Yep. Um, and finally, step from a service pers perspective, stemming off of the people, make sure you have the right people in place. Hire your leaders first grow slow enough my suggestion is grow slow enough so that you can find the perfect people that will then provide the support to grow faster right because if you don't have the people who are helping you lead the company if you just have a bunch of doers and no leaders if you're the only leader and a bunch of doers nine times out of ten that's that scaling that happens you're you're not going to have that level level of leadership to be able to absorb the immense responsibility to be able to scale. So um, those are prob probably my top two tips. Another kind of tertiary tip. Um, Say that again. Tertiary, tertiary tip. <laughs> <laughs> tertiary tip. Uh, it it kind of sounds dirty. A tertiary tip. Mm. Mm. Here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, another uh, tip would be in the product space is just to m make sure you have your product development on point because, and I don't have expertise in this. Let me be clear. I'm not going to really give this a tip, but just be make sure you have a quality product that is scalable yeah. because I have experienced this on the agency side. Um, we've had clients that, uh, I can say this because they're no longer a client. We've had clients that had a product that was just not good. Yeah, they didn't manufacture it, so they didn't have control. They didn't ship it, 
so they didn't have control. They had no control over the product itself. So 40, 30 to 40% of what they were shipping out was subpar, right? And so when we were doing the marketing, trying to grow their sales and revenue, their products couldn't support the work that we were doing and it, everything just imploded. Yeah. So you need to make sure that if you're going to scale, and this is applicable to you, Nick, is if you ever decide to try to automate processes or do things that are easier in a craftsman type job, you need to make sure that there's some um, quality control. Right. Little QC. Yeah. Quality control is big. So those are my tips. Uh, Rob, you want to dive into the second question from good old Nick? Sure. So uh, number two, in your opinion, what is more important for growing business? Establishing returning clients or developing a wider client base? So again, I'm going to say depending on the, the type of business, but here, so here's my, my two cents. Um, you want to, obviously in any business, regardless of, of what kind of uh, system and structure, keeping your clients happy. We, everybody wants to do that. It's a no brainer. And keeping them returning is especially important in a service-based company. So if you keep them happy, then there, there isn't that reoccurring acquisition cost that you would need to have if you were trying to go out and get brand new clients. So uh, keep the current customers happy, get them coming back year after year, time after time, whatever it is. And then um, drilling down on, on those clients for referrals. Absolutely. Referrals are, you, you know, you can decide to give them a reward or an incentive or some kind, but usually like happy uh, clients will happily refer you. Mm -hmm. um, here's the, the a tip with that is that you want your clients to not just be referring you when somebody asks, oh, well, hey, who, uh, geez, the landscape looks great. Who, who put that in for you? You want to do such great work that they're talking about you and your service all the time. So you have to decide what's going to differentiate you from your, your competition. But so it's not just when somebody asks them that they're talking about it all the time. They are so excited about what you do for them that they're actually sending you referrals without asking. But the cost of acquisition on that is super low, easy way to grow the business. When you're in a service related industry, um, that helps with increasing like the route density and, and things of that nature. In a case like Nick's, I've watched Nick, I've watched your business grow through referrals because I see all of your projects that you're working on. And uh, I've asked a couple times for some different things. We've talked about some projects and you're, you're, you're swamped and you're swamped because you're doing a great job creating a great looking product and everybody's happy and, and they love it. So keep up the good work with that. Um, and I think, yeah, that's, that's for the most part, that's, that's what I had. I, I wouldn't even add anything there. I mean, you, you, I will just kind of recap to refine the process because I think that process you just mentioned um, is dead on. I mean, anytime you're growing a company, it doesn't matter the type of company. I mean, there's even books. I was just trying to Google some of the books um, that are out there about this. You know, your first a thousand one 100 true fans or 1000 true fans or something mm -hmm. like that. There's books about this, which is basically a great way to scale a company 
um, or even if you're not talking scale in a large scale, the, the, the best way to grow a company is exactly what you said. Make sure you get a core group of really great customers and do everything you possibly can for them until they are your 1,000 or 100 or 10 or however right. many true fans because they're going to be the ones that fuel any further growth. Sure. You said it. So once you get those, let's say 10, let's say you're starting your business right now. Get 10 true fans. We've talked about this before. Yep. Do some free work if you need to, to get those two true fans and then use their recommendations, their referrals, their testimonials to get two more that pay you just enough to cover your costs and then do the same thing with two more who give you just a little bit of a profit and grow that way. But make sure you're making everybody satisfied. I, I don't like using the word happy in this mm -hmm. in this instance because you want to make them satisfied. You want them to have you want them to feel like they got a ton of value for what you you know you offer. Right. Right. So in the early stages, there's lots of opinions. People are gonna say you shouldn't call it no bull because people are not gonna they're not gonna like that name. They're gonna so there's lots of opinions that people could have. Um, so if you try to make everybody happy, that's gonna be tough you know, to carve out your business, your brand, your product. Right. So make them satisfied with what you're offering. Then you can grow. But you already mentioned it. Cost of acquisition of new customers who've never heard of you before is going to be expensive. You got to pay for marketing, advertising, a sales team, your own time in trying to go out and sell flyer. I mean, there's cost to it. Sure. So grow yeah. slow um, until you have your fans who can do some of the selling for you. And those fans, so there's ways that you can go about that where, um, so John had mentioned like, hey, maybe you're doing it at, at zero margin or very little you know, profit margin. Here's another suggestion in addition to that is, let's say, uh, so we'll use Nick again, All right. So Nick, you are building uh, an awesome um, custom living room table, coffee table, beautiful, right? So rather than giving them money off of that or doing that at a, a high discount where no profit, do that and then make some of your really cool uh, drink coasters that you make and do those for free. So you make money on your main product yeah, and then you give them the ancillary stuff. So you've already over delivered because you gave them a kick-ass product. But in addition to that, you, you made four matching coasters that are just freaking amazing, but your time and materials on that are, are next to nothing. Yeah. And you can adapt that concept to, you know, any other business that you're in. Absolutely. Um, next question, last question here. And then we got some questions from comments um, that we'll pop into. Uh, last question. Other than word of mouth, what have you found is the most impactful form of advertising? Um, he uses radio, TV, digital ad, things like that. What's the best bang for your buck in that area? You may dive into that one. Uh, you got some I'll thoughts? open, and then okay. I think you'll you'll have way more to, to offer on that. So, okay. um, so for me personally, I think of networking and creating a, a digital a following. Mm -hmm. So usually, the networking increases your your digital following, and then from there is when I call somebody like John at the Good Monster and say, "Hey." Uh, I've gotten to this point here. I've got a large, you know, personal uh, group, but I'm running out of time in the week, John, and I don't have I don't have enough hours in the day. Yeah. To network any further, help me. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it, so. In my opinion, I would not be using. I would not be using radio or TV. I would shift straight to SEO and uh, and digital. Yeah, it's you. We started as a digital agency, and so a lot of people think you know we're biased to digital. Um, I'm not biased to anything uh, except what works um, and what the budget is. So it's funny. Advertising is going in reverse. You know, in the 1930s, it was rudimentary. It was papers and posters and things like that. And now and then it technology grew and grew and grew and it went to radio and it went to television and then it went to Google ads and SEO and that and now it's in you know crazy digital production um what's it called where it can make people's faces oh deep fake <laughs> what is it deep fake okay. so like that's we're going to switch your, our faces no it, they're like they can like digitally make people's faces that's why they're huh. they in the presidential race and everything um they were wondering like which videos are true and then cr- uh. it's crazy google deep fake and you'll see it looks completely real. Like they can just digitally enhance anybody saying anything. And it's insane. So like that's where the technology is. So when we talk about bigger brands, and I'll, I'll get down to the solopreneur in a minute, but bigger brands are constantly trying to push the envelope and invest in more artificial intelligence advertising. And um, a big term um, um, is programmatic ad buying. It's basically like, it learns and it places your ads on different websites based on like, you know, user clicks and things like that. But the thing that really that people like you and I and everybody out there watching really love to see and really react to these days are cell phone videos are like TikTok, Yeah. And podcasts from people's phones, like crazy 300,000, 500,000 production, you know, video productions and TV commercials and things like that. They have their place with certain brands during the Super Bowl, whatever that might be. But the stuff that really drives sales are Susie picking up her phone, making a funny video about this necklace that she got. And then she's got a following and a hundred people buy that because they liked what it looked like on her. Well, what about your recent LinkedIn post with the ocean spray guy on the skateboard? Yeah. 420 right? dog face 208 or whatever his <laughs> name was. Uh, his name's Nathan. Um, and he did the, one of the, the most viral video ever on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, crazy story. You can check it out on my LinkedIn, but I'll just tell it real quick here. His car broke down on the way to work one day. He's a potato works at a potato farm in Idaho. And uh, instead of like, you know, I don't know. Maybe he, couldn't, he didn't have AAA. Couldn't call anybody. He he was afraid he was going to be late to work, so he busted out a skateboard and skateboarded to work, um, and filmed a TikTok singing, lip syncing "Dreams" by Fleetwood Mac, drinking ocean spray out of the bottle. Thing went viral. Uh, it's up to like seventy million views now. It it got ocean spray fifteen billion media hits, which just means mentions Crazy. all across the world, all across the internet. And what did they do for him? Bought him a truck. Because he's his car broke down, uh, big nice Ford truck. Um, he got donations from fans. Uh, he was able to put a down payment down on a house, things like that. Yeah. But you know, awesome for him, and that shows you the power of influencers yeah, and influence. Sure but look at Ocean Spray; they didn't even pay for this. They right. didn't plan it. Not 
like shit even the cost of a truck was a drop in the bucket compared to what they would have paid somebody like your firm absolutely for them absolutely so i'm not saying it's easy to do i'm not saying like nick you could go out and make a video that gets 70 million views but you could make a video that gets (laughs) five thousand views and it gets you five orders right so uh the point is that radio tv digital ad advertising defined by paying money to get your brand out in front of somebody isn't an even an area that i would sniff right now yeah just make content yep start a podcast here's a tip for everybody out there go to anchor.fm mm-hmm. you can make free podcasts all day long here's another tip for all of you out there there's a new app which rob finally invited me to called clubhouse it's been around for like nine months. They tried to keep it secret, but somebody figured it out, found out. All these big celebrities are on it now. Uh, you, if you get an invite to that, you can get on there and start chatting with celebrities and start your own chat rooms. I mean, the stuff is all free. Right. Right. So noisy platforms are tough, like Instagram and Facebook. Uh, they've been around for a little while, but they're still, if you have good content, you have a good product, just start creating content on there. That's yeah. it. So. My answer to that, outside of word of mouth, which is the best, and it always will be the best, yep. as long as we can speak to each other, um, <laughs> is content creation on whatever platform you can uh, where your potential customers are. Yeah. That's it. Good stuff. We got any questions today? I uh, got a question here from uh, Andrew, actually, who made a comment earlier, has yep. a question. What's, a, what's the indicator that your project needs more than just a solopreneur? Is there really only so much you can third party? So I'm, I'm guessing he means like, you know, how, much, how, how, how do you know when you need to move beyond yourself mm. and just farming everything out? Yep. You know, when, when do you feel like you have to hire internally? Goes goes back to the, the type of business again, right? So again, I'm going to come to you from the, the service related industry. There are only so many hours in a day. Yeah. So let's say you're a landscaper. Well, you're only going to be able to mow so many lawns in a day, right? Yeah. Until you've got to um, add another guy on, another two guys on to mow more lawns, to make more money. So how do you do that? Well, what you could do is hire the guys before you hire and go and buy another truck, right? So that's where the route density and things like that come into place. but when you've run out of time in a day and you are no longer effective in doing things uh, 100%, mm-hmm. it's time to look for adding on that that additional staff or person. Yeah. Um, my, my opinion is in most industries, you can... Once you, once you outgrow yourself, once you can't do any more, things are starting to really you know fall through the cracks... Uh, is hire freelancers. Yeah, good point. So rather than, you mentioned, Andrew, third party, you know, I look at third party sort of like us, like Good Monster. You hire an agency to do your marketing or something like that. But before you hire an agency, do your own marketing. And once you can't do your own marketing or that's just not, you're you're the doer, you're not the marketer, then go freelance out. There Mm -hmm. are so many people, especially now, people out of work, um, that couldn't do your copywriting or film in a, with your cell phone and do editing and, and whatever type of marketing you want. You can, we freelance out our, uh, 
I, I wouldn't call it freelance actually. It's probably more more of a third party. But your books, you know, hire somebody who wants to do your books on the side. You know, when they get out of their accounting job at night, yeah. they want to earn some extra money. So that's it, the first place that I would go is is freelance. Yep. And the co- the overhead cost isn't there because they are you're not paying all the overheads with labor burden and all those things. These are independent 1099 contractors. Yeah. A lot of them. If you go to a website called upwork.com, they'll handle all of the paperwork and legalities and 1099s and things for you also. And, yeah. and there's basically a marketplace. It's like LinkedIn for freelancers. Um, if you're in something that, first of all, you can find freelancers in, in everything. You can get an assistant for you that literally just does things that you can't handle, like answers your emails or follows up with customer you know, requests and, and things like that. So, so talking about Nick here, um, if Nick starts getting in so many orders that he can't, he, he, he spends a lot of time sort of quoting, he right. can teach how he quotes based on time, materials, whatever it is. And then he can hire somebody whose literally job is just to, to do quotes and then sends them to Nick and Nick, does this look good? Uh, yep. Looks good. Cool. Send it over to him. Yep. Put him in the schedule. And then bring an intern into the shop. So you start to get a, uh, you know, that's how the whole union thing was, right? You, you hire or you bring in the, the journeyman, mm-hmm. you know, the apprentice. So you go hire an apprentice that you start to teach things in the shop. So first they start by cleaning up the mess. Although Nick's up in his game pretty good on the equipment here lately. So, uh, oh yeah, the dustmaster. Dust dust <laughs> Absolutely. Um, great, great question. Uh, Andrew, hopefully that helps. So, so oh, sorry, one more thing. So freelancers and then and then once you have freelancers, you can identify whether they would be good first hires. So that's where you can right. then go, okay, this freelancer then, you know, if they're a freelancer, maybe they'd skip the intern side and come right into maybe a part-time or a sure. full-time employee. Um, and then third parties, I would actually look at, you know, a little bit down the road. I'd go freelancers yep. as much as possible until you can afford or need a bigger team that you would then go and hire an accounting firm, you know, to do your books or a bookkeeping firm or a marketing firm or a law firm, you know, whatever that is, you'd need a team of people because the work is so vast. Just make sure you do your homework. And like John said, you're going to go to a reputable source like Upworks to, um, to find those people and get some referrals and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one more comment before we go. Nick uh, commented. He goes running a table saw while drinking ocean spray? Question <laughs> mark. Might not be worth the risk. <laughs> as long as you've got your safety glasses on, you'd never be able to could. tell which one's the ocean right. spray and which one's <laughs> my finger being Bleeder. chopped off. Anyways, thanks uh, Nick for all the questions. Yeah, thanks for the questions. And if anybody else has questions out there, um, make sure you tune into the live behind the scenes. Um, live behind the scenes goes on Tuesdays. Uh, we'll try to announce the the time ahead of time uh, when we're going live. But most most of the days it's going to be four thirty uh, p.m. on Tuesdays, and you can catch us on YouTube, uh, on my LinkedIn, and on Facebook, and you can ask your questions there. To everybody else, cheers. Cheers to life and business. May we all prosper in both.